Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan, and Mark Cockrell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to One Meal, One Workout, that place where you learn how to not be as fat as you were before, hopefully. That's our goal, at least. For those of us that need to lose a few pounds, uh, for those of us that are already in super shape, it's the place where you come to maybe get a little more motivated and learn a few ticks and, ticks and trips, trips and so a few things <laughs> to help you continue to be healthy. And uh, with me today sir. is Mr. Don Sullivan, looking very dapper in his tie, I might add. Spoonerism. Okay. And with us as <laughs> yep. never before, except for that one time we recorded that .5 episode, uh, is Mr. Sean Keibel, the other half of the Element OP um, CEO Executive Board with Mark Cockrell. Hey, Sean. Hey, I like the way you say that. It makes it sound so much more important than it is. <laughs> it's very important. It's very, I spend three hours, four, four and a half hours a week a lot of times with you guys. Yes. Uh, with Element OP. So, yeah, it's very, very important. Mark is somewhere. He, he wouldn't give me the details. It was very hush-hush. He said, I got a thing to do with a guy in a place, and then he left. Not really. He's off traveling for business, I believe. And right. so uh, Sean is nice enough to, to man the helm tonight and um, do the recording for us. And also, he's going to jump in, and, as, as always, and be um, anybody that we've got on the show is welcome to be part of the conversation, obviously. And Sean has uh, actually, you know, uh, talked to me before and said he's listened to the show and, and uh, has been working on him, his own health and fitness over the last several months. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, just wanted to say... I'm not sure what I'm more excited about. I've got two things, guys. Help me figure out which one to be more excited about. One, I'm closing on my house on Friday, Woo-hoo. which is very exciting. Oh, yes. Purchasing a house. And the second thing is, after about six months of being injured, I finally feel like I'm back to normal. I ran five and a half miles Monday night. And so nice. I feel uh, I feel really good. I'm, I'm equally excited about both. I guess I can just be equally excited. I can agree to agree with myself and be equally excited about both. There you go. Did you run five and a half miles or did you walk five and a half miles? Because I know <laughs> well, you've been almost. going for continuous running. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I did the three miles that one time just to kind of prove to myself that I can do it. But I, I typically almost always walk. So okay. that five and a half miles, I averaged about a 13 minute mile, um, maybe a little over. So I wasn't, I wasn't flying by any means, but that's with having to stop and climb down a, a ditch bank and, uh, wait for traffic and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Cause it was kind of quite a meandering route. I went, went down across the road and down this back road and through the cemetery and cut through the woods and ran down the side of the highway for about two miles and then cut through the school parking lot and then ran down and then went into this neighborhood and went by their tennis court and up the hill and then down the ditch bank and down the right side of a five lane highway for about a half a mile and then back down the sidewalk. So it was, it was quite an adventure. You don't have a track anywhere near where you live, do you? No, not real, not a real track. I have yeah. what I call a track, which is the neighborhood next door. But they've started building houses in there and made it all nice now. It's not not it's not as ghetto as it was. So it's not quite as oh, fun <laughs> because before you never knew what you were going to find. You know, it was always kind of an adventure when you go walk over there. Am I going to find a crack pipe tonight, or you know, uh, you never know uh, some other kind of paraphernalia? So it was kind of an adventure to go. Spit but now fireworks it's nice. or yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say I, I think it's easier to stay motivated to keep running if you're dodging like hookers and crack dealers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I always run faster when people are chasing me every single time. <laughs> Hence the uh, zombie app that we discussed a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool app. You know, um, you can never your- you can never convince yourself the zombies were real, though, could you? Uh, I didn't have any trouble convincing myself. I was I was looking across the street for the zombie because I knew where they were on the map, and it was it was kind of scary. 
especially because nice. it's at night. So, so Don, oh, there you go. I know you got a, you got a new job, and I know you're you're liking it, and it's it's challenging and exciting. But today you did something I saw on on Facebook or Google Plus or some social media stream that that I've never done exactly at a at a job before, and I've been in technology for a while today. What did you do today, Don Sullivan? I I got paid to set up a Wii. It was great. I spent and of course I tested. Said we. For, <laughs> you had to burn it control. in, right? Yeah, just had to make sure that all those controls, all the buttons were working. Uh, um, now, how did that happen? Uh, explain, explain to me how you have a job that you get to test a Wii. It must be a government job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, well, kind of, not really, but yeah. I work for <laughs> a uh, mental behavioral health group, and uh, we. I went to the children and adolescent uh, facility today and was installing somebody's new computer they got one of the nurses and while i was in there uh the girls in the front office said hey nobody back here knows how to set up a wii but we got a wii for the kids for the playroom back in the back for the for the day services folks and would, do you wow. know how to set one of those things up so that was said, it. i've heard of a yeah. wii i've heard of such things yeah, yeah that goes right this. back to if electrons run through it exactly Yes. Yeah, I've I've worked on toasters, uh, everything, exercise equipment. That didn't even have electronics in it. You know, I'm talking about a weight set, but that was, hey, Aaron, come over here and see why this cable doesn't go through this pulley <laughs> like it's supposed to. You never know what you're going to end up working on. Well, that ties right into my in the news article. It's not a not my typical fitness in the news article. Uh, I, I've I've seen a couple of ads and even some TV promos for Halo Four. Supposed to be coming out, Don. I would, I would figure that you'd be up on this. Is Halo Four actually coming out? Is that a real thing? Uh, uh, let me Google that for you. I sold my Xbox months ago. Well, I just figured you'd know it just because it would just you would just know it. Oh, you like you think so? I'm kind of getting to that point where I'm no longer as involved. Are you an adult now, Don? Is that what's happened? I'm working on it. You're my, you a kid. You're sitting there with a tie. My homebrew custom arcade cabinet back in the corner back here attests no, or maybe it's the opposite. I'm not sure. Right. Well, I've heard that Halo Halo Four is coming out, and so I just I just wanted to kind of pose the question to to you two guys: is is Halo Four is it the bane of young men's everywhere exercise? Do you really think that electronic video games, which kind of started getting big when I was a teenager. You know, I, when I was 16, I got a, an Atari 2600. Do you think that is part of our um, uh, obesity epidemic in the United States? Don's got his finger up like he's going to say something important. I think, yeah, I got an NES when I was four, so I could say that I'm well-versed in how this affects your lifestyle. Uh, it's the bane of fitness, relationships, social status, um, <laughs> You name it. It's people, and this isn't just video games. I'm not bashing video games. Obviously, let me point to the custom homebrew arcade cabinet back here again. But That's the second point anything that people tonight. decide that they're just going to devote their life to, uh, and this is one of those all things in moderation type of talks that I'm launching into here. But if you just decide you're going to spend eight hours a day doing something, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, run on a treadmill, you're going to end up the rest of your life's going to atrophy and there's so many i know so many people especially guys that you know halo rock band battlefield you, you name it any of the video games but you know just as much um playing deer uh, hunting yeah deer hunting or playing air hockey or foosball or 
volleyball or you know i've seen i've seen kids fail classes because there's an intramural volleyball tournament you know or volleyball game every night of the week and they just decide they have to go play volleyball because it's so much fun sean i have a question for you sure have you ever owned a pool cue oh yes yeah i just kind of guessed you'd be a pool cue kind of guy yeah yeah i i now i don't have one now uh Uh back in my 20s though yeah i definitely love to go shoot pool and uh uh, yeah bought my own cue and did all of that there where Mm. i uh where i grew up uh, and even this was even younger in my late teens i guess um one of the popular hangouts was uh uh, kind of new pool or billiards room that was uh, right. geared towards the young people, played rock music and was really nice. It wasn't like a sleazy uh, smoke-filled hangout, you know. Right. Uh, so More yeah. of a rec hall type feel than a bar. Right. Yeah. See, my son, he's five. He'll be six in a few months. I got a text message today from my son at work. Not from my wife, from my son on my wife's phone that said, <laughs> I made it to the boss level. And he, yes. uh, he was texting me to let me know that he had made it to the next boss on Super Mario Brothers on the second world <laughs> and was waiting for me to come home and help him beat that boss. So before I recorded a podcast tonight, I came home, spent some time with my wife, ate dinner and helped my son beat the boss on level two of Super Mario Brothers, uh, Wii. Nice. So, and, but fortunately, um, He's not in danger, at least at this point, of becoming the, you know, part of the childhood obesity epidemic because of his level of energy. He has a six pack. I mean, he's, okay. he's about as fit as you can be. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, and to bring this conversation the- back around full circle, yes, Halo 4 is a thing and it's estimated to launch holiday 2012. There you so go. Look for that. Well, uh, get some copies and sell them as on As long eBay, as it's before what the 21st or 23rd or whenever the world's supposed to end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 12th, I think. Yeah. Yeah. One of my coworkers is uh is struggling with his weight now after years of being in the army and being very fit because one of the causes is his love for video games. He got out of the army, got a job, you know, had some money and had some had a little free time and just started picking up playing more video games until he would just come home from work, spend a little time with his wife, hang out, whatever, and then play video games into the middle of the night and put on sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety pounds. Now he's having to undo that. And uh, it's not it's a lot easier to not put it on than to try to take it back off. So so I'm telling all you people out there, don't buy Halo 4. Send me the money instead and you'll feel better about yourself and I'll feel better about you as well. So <laughs> uh got a listener email in. I just wanted to read to you guys. And uh I'm just gonna read it in its entirety. And it's not it's not real long. So uh hi Aaron and Don and Mark. He doesn't say that, but I'm including it. I'm a new listener to the podcast. I actually found your podcast on the Element OP website while looking for everyday Linux. I went back to episode one on one meal and workout and just finished episode 20. So he's, he's getting after it. I'm also a Christian. So I appreciate that aspect in your podcast and I found your podcast on 316 the day after my physical and my blood works results came back during my physical. The doctor told me again to lose at least 50 pounds, but to strive for 80. When my blood, blood work came in, he read me the riot act and said, if I didn't do something about my weight, I'd be a prime candidate for a heart attack. I'm 48 years old. On 315, I was 282. I'm now 268. And this was about, uh, not bad for a couple of weeks. So in a couple of weeks, he's already, um, like most people do when they're heavy and they, they, they start eating better and exercising a little bit. The first few pounds really come off. Um, that's my commentary. That's not part of the email. Not bad for a couple of weeks. He said that just eating less and exercising more, which is what I like to hear. I actually enjoy going to the gym now. I'm thinking about taking up running. This week I ran for the first time on the treadmill at the gym and it felt great. And then uh, he, he throws in a, another little paragraph here, which I do not mind plugging at all. By the way, the reason I found Everyday Linux is because I'm a friend of Steve McLaughlin, 
uh, Door to Door Geek, and he was on the podcast. I also have a podcast called The Techie Geek, and that's uh, thetechiegeek.com. That's T-E-C-H-I-E, techiegeek.com. Anyway, I just want to let you, Don, Mark, and your guests know that you've all been an inspiration to me and great listening at the gym, too. God bless Russ. So that was a very nice, uh, encouraging email. Those are always very helpful. And so um, so I want to say, Russ, thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you're caught up by now and, and you're hearing this as it's coming out. And uh hope you've stuck with us for the next 20 because you're, you're about halfway through whenever you sent that email. So you're uh, hopefully it's there. getting better as it goes. Getting better as it goes. Thanks, John, Russ. Last week we had we love our, emails. Exactly. Last week we had our second, second guest. Our, our guest from our second episode, our first guest ever back on the show last week. And so um, it was interesting because I know that first episode he was on, we were still making it up. We didn't have any idea what we were doing. So there's a wee heart emails. That's good, Don. There's no live there's stream. But, and Sean, yeah, yeah, no live stream tonight. But <laughs> That's all right. Those of you that are listening, Don, just held up a sign that said we heart emails. So yes, we do. I, this I, an email. I just have it. I decided it would be awesome. So Double eight R-O-N at one meal one workout. Uh, send us an email. We'll be glad, love to read it on the air. Answer your questions. We've gotten some great show ideas. We need some show ideas. Um, because for me, you know, I can continue to, thanks to the power of the internet, I can continue to come up with things to talk about. Uh, whether or not they'll be worthwhile is always questionable, but I can continue to come up with topics each week. But I would like to come up with topics that are things that you want to hear. So if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to tackle, please feel free to shoot it, shoot it to us. Go to a forum, start a forum thread on elementopi.com or shoot me an email or Facebook or Ustream or YouTube or Twitter or any of those, anything you want to do, any way you want to get the message to me, feel free to do that. So today, um, not going to talk a long time. We're going we're to just have a, a brief little discussion because what I've seen over and over in my own life and in the, in the lives of people around me is the, the number one um, thing that people struggle with is ongoing motivation. Having a plan, most people can do that. Sticking to it is the hard part. I said from the very, very beginning that we weren't really going to probably promote any particular diet or any particular exercise regime, regimen over any other um, because pretty much most diets will work if you do them. The problem is, is the doing them part. So that's why we're trying to encourage and and motivate people through the show is to help people continue with whatever plan they've set out. We talked about that, you know, at the beginning of the year about coming up with a plan for what you're going to do, making goals and uh, having plans as opposed to just setting, setting some arbitrary, I cannot talk tonight, some arbitrary, uh, you know, New Year's resolution, but actually having goals and a plan to reach those goals. So, you know, everyone knows that they should exercise. I don't think anybody in the world argues that point. I used to say, you know, I was really fat. I'd tell my friends, like, you know, my friend come in from working out of the gym. He'd torn his hamstring doing squats. And I'd say, hey, Adam, I never tore anything sitting on the couch, you know, that kind of thing. Or, you know, my friend twisted his ankle playing soccer. I was like, yeah, and twisted my ankle sitting on the couch ever, you know, joking with him. But the truth is, those little physical injuries like that, for the most part, are not nearly as bad for you as the, you know, sedentary, overweight lifestyle. So, I would agree. Let's see. We've got three people here. We can, we're, we're a cross sample representative of the entire world. We have three, you know, um, 20s, 30s, 40s white guys. So we represent the entire world. Um, <laughs> quick poll. Uh, we all agree that everyone should exercise. Do we all agree with that? Absolutely. Don? Sure. 100%. See, everyone agrees that you should exercise. Um, the problem, though, that I run into is I, I run into people all the time that just flat out don't 
want to exercise. Oh, they, they say they want to, but it's all lip service. Yeah, yeah, because when you start saying, well, you can do this or, well, you can do that, it's always, well, yeah, but then I'll have to move. <laughs> I'll actually have to do something. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's like the old thing of um, uh, the old uh, uh, thing of people, uh, without getting too much on a soapbox, people who are habitually late for the things that they don't care about but are on time for the things they do. Well, the, the only difference is, is they don't care about the thing that they're late to. It's not that they're magically more on time for the things they want to be on time for. It's like the guy who's always 30 minutes late for church, but never, never, it's never late to work. You know, or the people who always, you know, stand you up when you're going out to dinner. They're always 20, 30 minutes late for dinner, but they're never late for a golf game. Well, that's, that's what I've never understood is when, when you're talking to somebody like that, uh, you can kind of pose the question to them as far as, you know, well, how do you make it to work every day? I mean, you get up and you actually do something all day long to earn a living. And then it's, well, because I have to do that. So it kind of gets back to your point. You know, it's, it's something that there's some sort of external motivating factor. And I think that's maybe what some people feel they need. Well, I know for me, one of the, the mental paradigm shifts that I made when I started working out was I decided, you know, it's already got the word work in it. And people say, you know, your workout shouldn't be work. It should be fun. And that's true. And I, I'm a big proponent of that. But I decided that I was going to make my workout just as important to myself as my work. You know, when I get up in the morning, if I'm tired, I still get up and go to work. If I don't feel perfect, I still get up and go to work. Why do I do that? That's what I have to do take care of myself and take care of my family. So I made my workout up on the same level. When I, if I'm tired and I don't feel like working out, well, I just don't give myself the option. I go and work out because that's how I take care of myself and my family. And since I've done that, I can honestly say in was coming up on two years, June, middle of June will be two years. So almost two years. I have probably only just not worked out about the same number of times that I've just not gone to work, (laughs) 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 which is like one or two where I've, you know, I was sick, but I wasn't really sick. I could have probably went ahead and stayed, you know, went into work, but I was not feeling really good, just kind of worn out and, you know, took a sick day just to kind of rest and recuperate. There's been about that many number of times that I've taken a, a rest day from exercising. Now, it doesn't mean I've made every workout. I've had conflicts, and it isn't my job, and things do take precedent over sometimes, family and friends and birthday parties and buying a refrigerator. That's what I did last night instead of going to run. Um, but that has been a motivating factor for me is putting it in that perspective. So I don't want to blow up my entire notes here. John, Don, uh, John, feel free to jump in and interrupt me whenever you want because this is this is a this is a free form flowing discussion. Don, don't put your finger up. I'm gonna keep talking. I'll say I'm something. Go ahead. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm, well, I'm trying to get you to stop. Oh, no, sorry, I'm sorry. Like, it's the tea. Your soapbox, Aaron. It's the tea. Yeah, I was. Come on. I was gonna say that um, it's it's ironic that you mentioned that you have to make your workout like work. You know that that not to make it work, but like mentally tie it to the same level of sort work. of level of, of commitment or however you want to say it, uh, because that's one of the really nice things about riding my bike to work now. Whenever I tell my wife that I want to ride my bike to work, and guess what happens? She gets up in the morning, she gets gets in the shower, and we get the baby ready and fed, and then they leave. And we're a one-car family, so when they leave, if I'm going <laughs> to get to work, I need to get on the bike. So right. there's not... It's, that's right, it's, that's- very, it's very practically tied to working for me. And it's actually been really nice. That's very similar to what I call my direct deposit running method. It doesn't doesn't really have that much to do with direct deposit, but it's the idea of 
A lot of people will have, use direct deposit to, to do savings so they don't have to think about it. That it's already set up to, to put the deposit in the, in the savings account for them. They don't have, they don't ever see the money in their checking account. But what I do, and Sean, I don't know if you've heard me talk about this before, is I'll set my running route to where I am, um, at my farthest point halfway during my run. Right. So I don't have an option but to go home <laughs> or call my wife to come and get me. So I will purposely make my route where, and this happened Monday night. I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a little bit longer. I'm not sure exactly how far it is. It'll probably be between five miles and six miles. And about three miles into it, I was like, I was just thinking to myself, well, crap, I'm two and a half miles from the house still. <laughs> I'm going to have to run home now. <laughs> and I literally had that thought and kind of laughed at myself and ran on home. Yeah, it's and funny so, you yeah, say that's great, that. Because I do the same exact thing um, for the longest time, it, and I'm not as prolific a runner as you are, at least not yet, but uh, I, I kind of was plateauing at a mile, and a mile just seemed to really be where I was at. Then I I got up to where I was like, well, okay, now I can, I'm starting to push towards a mile and a half, and uh, I, I like to endeavor to not have to stop. I mean, I'm doing like uh, uh, somewhere between eight and nine minute mile. Right. And, uh, so I wanted to push up my overall distance. So I went ahead and mapped out a, a, a route and I said, well, I can do, you know, I can do a mile, mile and a half. So I'll map out a route that it, at its furthest point is a mile away. And then I have, you like you said, no point, but you know, I have to run back home. Uh, I guess I could have walked it, but, uh, but it, it was a, an effective way to push myself. So yeah. It's a great little trick. I actually accidentally discovered that one time when I got lost. <laughs> well, that, I kind of have a, a question for you, Aaron, because my my challenge with working out is, is slightly different than what you were describing. Um, you know, I can go out and run and I can come back and I'm like, man, I feel great. You know, the endorphins are pumping and everything. And I love this. And why don't I do it every day? And then the next day I'm sitting in the recliner. <laughs> and i'm like i need to get yeah. up and go out and run and so it's more of a it's a like a procrastination thing now uh the way that i've personally uh chosen to handle that is kind of force myself into a situation so uh using you for motivation uh and actually it's coming up this sunday is my first mud run awesome yeah so but that's like uh, it's almost like a fear type of thing like i have to get ready for this i don't want to go out there and just absolutely die on the course uh so that's the motivation that that gets pushes me through the procrastination but uh it's still something that uh that i wrestle with what what mud run are you doing is it a is it a brand name one or is it a local it's a brand name it's the uh, warrior dash so oh cool uh, you you know it's from what I can tell, and of course I could speak to this after I actually do it, but from what I can tell of the course, this is a good entry level mud run. Yeah, I, I will tell you that um, I've had enough people have done it, and they've had it's a lot of fun. Um, we were doing the tough mudder, you know, and we came down this big hill around this corner. There's a big sign that said Warrior Dash. If you'd signed up for that, you'd be done now. <laughs> right. Yeah, because the Warrior Dash is four miles to go. Right. The Warrior Dash is only like three miles, and the uh, right. uh, the others what like ten miles or something. Right. Yeah, eight, eight to twelve, depending on the one you do. Ours was a little over nine. So, yeah, but you know, it's, that doesn't take anything away from it. It's still going to be fun. It's going to be challenging, and you can challenge yourself. And the same way with Tough Mudder. I mean, there are people out there that were not in very good shape. I myself was not in the best shape at that time because I had been hurt for a couple of months. Um, 
you know, they don't, they're not trying to kill you. They want you to have fun. So you can go at your own pace. You can pass an obstacle if you can't do it. I'm sure you'll not have any problem with it. And I bet you'll have a great time. Yeah. You were in the, I feel okay. Marines, right? Yes. Yeah. I was in the Marine Corps for six years. If you've done Marine obstacle courses before, I'm sure you can handle the warrior dash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the obstacles weren't so much a concern for me as it was the distance. So that's why I've been uh, I had to start because I was really getting in this uh, kind of cycle of just, you know, hey, I can run a mile. And right. and then I was running a mile. And, I you know, when I the first time I actually got out to a mile, um, I think it was like 13 minutes. But then I just kept running, running a mile and I had worked that down to between eight and nine minutes. So I was making progress. But I wasn't running any further. Your workout's getting shorter and shorter too. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah so I, I go out for problem. a run takes me less than ten minutes. But yeah, I actually ran into that problem when I first started. You know, when I got up to doing three miles, it was taking me an hour, and then before I got hurt, I got it down. It was like thirty-five minutes, and then I realized that I kind of started plateauing. And one of the reasons I plateaued is my my weight had gone down, so it wasn't didn't take. I wasn't doing as much effort to carry my body, and my time had gone almost in half. So when I weighed 350 pounds, an hour of running and walking was like a thousand calories, 1100 calories burning. And when I weighed 250 pounds, 35 minutes of running was like 400 calories, you know? So I was, you do that. I went from 3,300 calories burning from exercise to like 1200 calories of burning and exercise. So I had to kind of up my workouts a little bit and cut my eating back just to hear more. So, so, um, let's just jump into a, a, an idea here. And I think this is one of the things that anybody, and if you're, if you're that listener that is not that fit person uh, or not that person that's already on your journey to fitness, but you're maybe listening to this podcast simply because it's, it's titled motivated to move. And it's, uh, it's, it's, you're hoping to find some motivation. Um, for me, you know, two years ago, I was faced with a reality check of I was 41 years old. I was pretty much undiagnosed. I wasn't undiagnosed. I was untreated diabetic, um, high blood pressure. Not horribly bad, but bad enough that it was, it should have been treated and, uh, was so out of shape that I would literally get tired, you know, out of breath walking into the building where I worked. And I just had to come to the realization that, okay, I'm 43 now. When I was 40, um, when I was 33, I was in about the same shape that I am right now. In 10 years from now, I'm not going to magically be healthier if I live that long. Nothing's going to change if I keep doing the same things I'm doing. And, so I just had to make a decision um, based upon my health. And, you know, I, I think I've talked about before on the show a few times. My son was turning four at the time, and he was very active. Like I said, he has a six-pack. Um, he was, you know, I couldn't keep up with him at all, at all. Uh, and, you know, my sister had passed away the year before. You know, her health had been stolen by cancer, by disease. And here I was. The only thing wrong with me was I was fat and lazy. And so I just had to have a reality check that, you know, I am wasting my life. I am throwing my life away. I'm not going to be here to see my son graduate from high school. I'm not going to see her to be here to see my grandkids. I'm going to leave my wife a widow. And it's all because I'm putting too much food in my face and sitting on my duff. And, you know, that's a harsh reality to come to. It, it didn't happen. It wasn't like I sat up in bed one night and a light bulb went, and it went off above my head and, and the clouds parted and the angels sang. It was about a week or two of that being in the forefront of my thoughts every day. Till finally that first Saturday I went and I went what I call the track, the little neighborhood next door that we were talking about earlier, uh, the crack track and, uh, did a lap around the crack trap, crack. I can't even say my own joke. And it is, it's exactly one mile, Sean, out my front door, down the sidewalk to the track, one loop and back. Okay. And I walked that and I thought, you know what? I can do that. I can walk a mile. 
And so the next day I did it again, but then I ran like a hundred feet in the middle of it, almost died. You know, I was like, I can't believe I ran. I can't believe I ran. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And that kind of started it all. And, uh, but it took me really wrestling with those inner demons of I'm addicted to food. I'm killing myself slowly one bite at a time. I have to do something about it. And so, um, that's, I think that might be, that's not a very positive motivation. That's not a happy motivation, but that was, that was the thing that motivated me to start. So Don, how about yourself? Uh, you know, you, what, what motivated, what motivated you to get going in the, in the very beginning? I just really wanted to look good in a bathing suit, you know? Well, there's that too. Just kidding. No, I don't, that still hasn't happened. So obviously that's not my motivating factor because I'm, uh, I ask people now if they want, people ask me how much weight I've lost. And I'm like, do you want the, the net number or the gross number? Because I've struggled. <laughs> I've gone back and forth. If you want, if you want net, I've I'm lost down 4,000 pounds. Like, yeah, I'm down like 90 pounds. If you want the gross number, I've lost like 140 pounds at this point, but I keep gaining some of it back. So, um, yeah, initially, um, you know, if you want the whole story, go back and my episode's episode number three. That's where I joined the podcast. And then you can get all yep. the detail there, but. Um, you know, I realized that I was not being a good steward of my body and of what God had given me. Um, and you know, that I was kind of the same thing as Aaron. We were going to have a, we found out we were going to have a baby and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, I wanted to have every second that I could with her. And it's just, it's, it's even more so now. Um, and I wanted to be there for my wife and be there for my child. And, and I was sick of being the fat guy. That was always yeah. kind of one of the things that defined me and who I was and my attitude and and how I thought of myself and how I, you know, thought others perceived me and I was sick of it. And yeah. there was I was twenty four, twenty five years, twenty six. No, that was a long time ago. I was like twenty six years old. And, you know, my knees hurt and my back ached and I had acid reflux all the time and I had headaches and all this, you know, stuff that I didn't want that I was young guy why do i have to deal with all this stuff and it was because i was fat yeah it was just because i was fat it's just because i wanted to eat so much and not get up and do anything right yeah i came to realization one day i thought i thought to myself go ahead don sorry i was gonna say if i didn't want to do anything i was it was always something goofy if i wanted people to think that i was that i wasn't really a fat lazy slob it was like yeah i love i love to get up and go play bocce ball but nobody ever wants to play bocce ball with me <laughs> you guys don't throw the frisbee in the middle of downtown atlanta enough that's where i'm at i don't know what you guys are doing but well you know it, it, for me yeah, there was also that moment of um of just that realization of you know i am i am choo- i am 100 percent choosing this situation you know there's people all over the world who have all kinds of problems that they have no control over. And I am choosing every day to create the worst thing in my life. I have a good wife. I have a wonderful son. I have a nice house. I have two good cars that run most of the time. I have a great job. I have lots of good friends. I have lots of good family. You know, I'm loved by many and many people that I love. The only bad thing in my life is if you look at you from outside perspective and just kind of quantify my and qualify my life is I'm not healthy and I'm overweight. And you know what? I had complete control over that. And so that was just like, I just got to take control of my life. I have to take, I have to take ownership of my own health and decide I'm going to own it and it's not going to own me. 
And I, I joked, I said, uh, cause you know, my blood sugar was one of the problems. My diabetes, my, my blood sugar, my A1C, my diabetes was, was one of the issues that motivated me. I, I was jokingly, but seriously saying, I've declared war on sugar. And I'd followed up by saying, and it's an inert substance and I'm a smart guy. So I am destined to win. <laughs> I can outsmart sugar. It can't outsmart me. <laughs> you know, it can't sneak up on me. It can't trick me. Uh, sugar has no game that I don't know about. So, uh, yeah. Pretty simple. So here's the question I think you have to ask yourself too. Is your life limited by your health? And one of our guests, uh, Jason Carver said his definition of health was being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. You know, is your life limited by your health? Are there things you want to go and do that you just can't do because you're tired and you're just physically not able? And if, if so, you know, let that be a motivation for you. That was another thing motivated for me. I've always wanted to rock climb. I've always wanted to go hike and camp. But when you weigh 390 pounds, camping is not fun. Laying on anything other than a $1,000 mattress is not fun. <laughs> a cheap mattress will kill you your back if you weigh 390 pounds. I know because I've slept on them, and it, it is not fun. Sleeping on the floor, uh, even on a couch a lot of times when you're that big, is not fun. It is painful. So for me to go camping when I weighed 150 pounds more than I do right now was just not going to happen. Uh, you know, so that was part of my motivation, too, is there was things I wanted to do in my life before I got too old to do them. And, uh, and the only thing that was stopping me was my health. It wasn't money. It wasn't time. It wasn't my wife wasn't willing to go camping. It was just, I was just too fat. I just couldn't do it. I wasn't healthy enough. I didn't have the energy and the strength. About four years ago, after, after we'd been in Atlanta about a year, we went up to a place called Helen, Georgia. Right outside of Helen is a uh, Unicoi State Park, which we've since been back to and went canoeing and paddle boating on and hiking. It's really pretty, but there's a place called Anna Ruby Falls. And it, you hike up the side of this mountain, and there's these two waterfalls that come off the top of this mountain and come down and join together and make this one stream and run down. It's really pretty. I recommend it. If you're ever up in that area, go to Anna Ruby Falls. Don, have you ever been to Anna Ruby Falls? Uh, no, I actually haven't. I've been to Ruby yeah, Falls. It's really nice. in Tennessee. Anna, Ru Anna Ruby Falls. Very pretty. Um, it's about there. a mile, maybe up there. I'm going to look it up while we're talking. It's not that far. Um, we went there. Nathaniel was young. He was in the stroller. Um, and thankfully Cheryl was in pretty good shape because she pushed Nathaniel up the, the, it's a paved path up to the top. It's not like you're hiking over roots and stumps and logs and rocks. It's a paved path, uh, that you walk up from the bottom. Uh, let's see here. Are you ready for this? A paved 0 0.4 mile footpath leads from the parking lot to the base of the falls. 0. 4 miles. So less than half Walking, a mile. Less than half a mile. Walking is easy to moderate and will take approximately 30 minutes to complete. Benches, thankfully, are provided along the way. I had to stop three times and sit down on a bench climbing that 0. 0.4 miles because I had to stop. I literally was breathing so hard my calves were hurting so bad that I could not keep going. It took us about 45 minutes to get to the top of that. And I can remember just being scared by how bad in shape I was and just thinking to myself, I can't, I mean, I was getting passed by 80 year old women, <laughs> little old ladies like, shame me, son, <laughs> you know, with a little walking stick right on by me. And I'm just, <gasps> you know, uh, and <clears throat> I know I guarantee you right now, and this is not bragging, this is just saying. Where I where I was where I'm now, I can guarantee I could run from the bottom of that to the top without stopping. 
I, I know I could, without a doubt. In fact, I might go do it one day and come back and tell you about it just so I can say I did it. Um, but that, that, that was scary. You know, uh, it was so scary that I came back and did absolutely nothing about it. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Those kind of things. Once you're, once you're out of it, once you're out of that situation, you kind of put it out of your mind and you go back to your normal things. And so, yeah, um, I'll never do that again. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's so important. Uh, and I guess the point I'm trying to make with that is, You've got to find those things that motivate you, and then you have to hang on to them. You've got to just grab that motivating factor. Some people are more bo- uh, motivated by positives. Some people are more motiv- motivated by negatives. Some people, um, they, they do more with reward, some versus, you know, a punishment. So whatever works best for you, figure it out. There's all kind. there's actually, you can just Google like motivation tests online and find things that'll tell you, you know, personality profiles of what things motivate you. Here's a simple question that I just made up on my own. If you don't speed, if you're if you're obeying the speed limit, is it because you're concerned about getting a ticket, or because it's safer? <laughs> you know, I'm definitely it, more it, concerned about getting a ticket. Right, because tickets so, so cost money. Yeah, so to me, that that would be like the person that wants to be healthy because they don't want to die, as opposed to they want to be able to run a marathon. You know, it's the same kind of idea. And so, you know, do you respond respond better to consequences or rewards? Figure that out about yourself. You know, some common motivators out there, just kind of broad categories. One is competition. Um, a lot of people are really motivated by competition. So, you know, join uh, a running league if you like to run. Sign up for tennis and get in a tennis league, bowling league, anything with the word league at the end of it, justice league. Sign up for anything and and uh, and participate and let yourself be competitive in a, in a nice way. Now, for me, competition doesn't work because I'm, I'm very weird in case you haven't figured that out yet with many, in many areas. And one of them is this. I absolutely 100% will do my best at all times to win, but I don't care if I lose. <laughs> There's not many people that are like that. Usually the people who try their hardest to win just are like, no, yeah, if they don't win. And then other people don't really care if they win and they don't really try that hard. But I, somewhere along the line, I don't know whether I, you know, lost that game when I was little league and it changed my heart forever. I don't know, but. I, if we're playing cards, I'll do my best to win. If we lose, I don't care. I'll play again. I don't get upset about that. I I, I don't really care at all. I don't know why. So for me, competition doesn't work because it doesn't really motivate me. I'm not. I don't care if I beat you or not because I'm really. I just consider I'm I'm playing against myself. So what does work for me then is goals. Like if if Sean was to come to visit me in Georgia, we were to go do a 5K together. I wouldn't care if Sean bit, beat me or not, but I would care if I got my own personal record on it. So for me, I look at it more from a goal as opposed to a competition. So that's what I'm doing. I actually have already on my in my, on my calendar in my mind, Thanksgiving Day, 2012. I'm running the gobble jog, the same race that was my first 5K that I did, and my goal is to run it in less than 30 minutes. My goal the first time two years ago was run it in less than 40 minutes, which I did. I ran it in 39:09. So my goal this year is to run it in less than 30 minutes, which means I'm going to have to do a less than 10 minute mile for three miles consecutive, which I've never done that. I've run a nine minute mile before. Uh, you know, I can run a nine minute mile. The first one. <laughs> it's the second and the third one that's, that's actually tougher. But it was interesting. Side note, sidebar, tangent. Uh, on my time the other night when I ran the five and a half miles, my fifth mile was my fastest mile. And it's nice. because of the, the walking and running, the way it, the way it fell, and because of the, where I was walking through the neighborhoods and things like that, I was able to run the most on the fifth mile, and I still had enough energy to do it. So I have down here another motivator. And you, Don, Sean, be thinking if you have some ideas of some motivators. Um, another motivated, motivator is love. I hope that doesn't sound too schmaltzy out there, but you know that motivates me to work out my love for my wife, my love for my son. Schmaltzy. Um, 
Schmaltzy. Yeah, that's I don't know if that's a, word. That's a fun I mean, word. Sorry. Up. Anyway, go ahead. Schmaltzy. Um, Schmaltzy. This makes me giggle <laughs> a little bit. It's a fun word. Schmaltzy. I don't even know if it's a word or not. I may have made it Schmaltzy. totally up, but makes me think of Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, there you go. Schmiel, Schmaltzy. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that motivates me to exercise is my wife and my son. And so another one, this one, not so much to me. If you've been fat your whole life, this usually ends up being a, an idea a long time ago. But vanity, that could be a motivator for you. If you want to look good, if you really do want to look good in that bathing suit. You know, my friend Adam that was on the show last week uh, talking about fitness, he said one of his motivations right now about he's, he works out all the time, but he's. He knows summer's coming up and he's going to be at, he's going to be at the lake swimming and that kind of stuff. So he wants to get, you know, sh- shave a few pounds off, get a little more ripped. So that's motivating him to work out a little more right now and cut his diet back a little bit. So vanity in all of its forms could be a motivating factor. That, that dress you want to get into, I'm not talking to you guys, uh, or those new jeans you want to get into or whatever. Maybe that is, maybe it is. Don, Sean, either of you guys have a, a motivating factor you can think of? Um, I, it's interesting that you're going through this because I didn't really think about, you know, these things actually are working in my life, but I, I didn't actually give them much conscious thought. A uh, couple of things, because where I'm at now, one, uh, competition has always been a motivator for me. Um, I had always played and excelled at sports uh, when I was younger. Uh, but right now I don't, I don't have, like you said there, I'm not in that league. I don't have anything to really, uh, uh, stir that up in me. So, uh, it's funny, the fear, the fear factor in, in signing up for this mud run, I did it in such a way that I couldn't get out of it, right? You know, paid for it in advance. There's a couple of people from work that are doing it. I mean, I have to be there. And so I put myself in that situation on purpose because I knew that was going to be the motivation for me to start doing something. Um, and I really needed to do that because I had, I had gone, I had attacked the diet part of my situation, but then I had sort of plateaued and I knew that what I needed to do next was kick in the, the exercise. So that was, that's how I kick started myself, uh, was using fear. Now, what I'm kind of hoping, because in this mud run, I could care less how I do. If, if I cross that finish line, I will be very, very happy and pleased with myself. But what I'm kind of hoping will happen is that, you know, I just turned 40, so I've got to be in that new age bracket, right? <laughs> and uh, I, I know what's going to happen. I, I know myself well enough to know that I'm going to start looking at, you know, well, what what was the winning time in that bracket? And, right. and, and now how can I start my assault on that and start actually competing in these things? And uh, so I, I suspect that that's probably if i if i truly enjoy the the run as much as i hear you know it seems like everybody that i know that's been in one of these just absolutely loves them and then they start doing them all the time so if that ends up happening to me uh, i think that's where i'll end up taking it and that will be a huge motivator for me because i'll want to be the uh you know best 40 year old mud runner in north texas Um, right there you go and whether or not i ever get there or not I, i you know is is not really the issue it's it's the motivation that's there mm-hmm. yeah one of my goals and it's not about beating the other people but in the sense of it's more of a goal for myself uh is i would like to place in a race in my age group um that has more than 50 people in it or more than 100 people in it you know i actually i got third in a race that i did with don in my age group second or third but there was only three or four of us <laughs> okay. you know and then uh i got i got a uh, first in my age, no, yeah, first in my age group in last June in a 5K, um, actually Cheryl and Nathaniel and I did it together. I carried Nathaniel for about half of it. So you can imagine what my time was. 
and I got first because I was the only person in my age group in that race. There was about 40 people, and they had it broken down like every four years. I was the only person in the 40 to 44 category. And you're right, Sean. That usually is what they have, 40 to 44. So you just you just dropped into the uh, the next category there. Um, this last race we did a we did a race Saturday. We did the Running Nerds race, which we had Tess Sobel Meehan on the show the other day from Running Nerds. We did her 5K, which was an incredibly well organized and ran race, and a lot of fun. In West Midtown, it was really cool. You're like you're running down the street and just like literally, it feels like just right over the top of those buildings is the skyline of Atlanta. I mean, it's really it was really neat. First race I've actually done in town besides the the Peachtree, and I came in 14th out of 14 in my age group. Um, but again, that wasn't I wasn't there to compete. I was there to support Tess to get out and have fun. And Charlotte and I did it together, and so we did it at, at, at her pace, and that's what she felt comfortable doing. It was a lot of fun. So Don, how about you? Any any motivating factors for you that I haven't already mentioned. I know you mentioned you mentioned love, you know, w- wanting to be there for your family, spend time with your with your kid and all that. Is there anything else that comes to mind? You don't you do not have to have an answer by the way. This is not a test. Yeah, the other big one um that I that I kind of already talked about a little bit, but one we might want to elaborate on is the fact that I have just I just lived with being the fat guy for so long. And that uh you know, that self-consciousness and just, you know, self-respect or lack thereof or whatever you want to call it just knowing that uh or just being down on yourself about it and having that being a big part of your psyche and so on and so forth right yeah you know i think we've talked about you you never really you never really lived in that place very much that that it was a big deal for you i mean that was just kind of you were aware of it but it wasn't it wasn't a big deal for you right because I know for some people yeah, it's not. You you just are fat, <clears throat> and that's all there is to it. Yeah, I just kind of, I had been the big guy for so long that I didn't even think about it, and everybody kind of just it, it would it would slap me in the face every once in a while. You know, it would jump up and slap me in the face. <laughs> I'd be walking by, pow! I'd just jump up, and, oh, you know. But I would just forget that I was fat, kind of thing, unless I until I was presented with something like having to climb up Anna Ruby Falls and realize how out of shape I really was. But on a day to day basis. I wasn't always self-conscious about being overweight. No, I was pretty still fairly comfortable in my own skin, which was a bad thing. Because what what would happen is, it's like we, this is what we we're talking about, Don. Is it's almost that reverse? Was it called body dimorphism? You know how uh, people who are bulimic, uh, anorexic, whichever one it is, I can't remember right now. Forgive me. Um, that they look in the mirror and they see themselves as fat, even though they're skinny. Mine was just right. the opposite. I would look in the mirror and see myself as I would in my. If, if I had to draw a mental image of myself, I saw myself normal, quote unquote, average. And then I'd see a picture of myself and it would jump up and slap me. Man, you're fat. You know, when I see my, a picture of myself and I'm like, I'm three times as wide as everybody else that I'm standing next to. But I don't feel that big normally, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I had somebody the other day call, call me big guy and I almost told him, uh, that's former big guy to you, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I still am a big guy. So I didn't still weigh over, you know, over 200 pounds. Technically, I'm still a big guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably always will be. Well, that's an interesting thing because, you know, you had the word vanity down there and it, that, the way that you were both kind of talking about that, uh, it, it made me think, you know, that's not necessarily a bad word. I mean, just being vain doesn't mean that you, you, you know, you're in love you with the way that you narcissistic look. Narcissistic is the bad word. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, wanting to physically look better is, is not a bad thing. 
and and wanting exactly. to have people you know because you you see it all the time the people who have lost a lot of weight uh it feels really good to have people notice that and tell you that and so uh the fact that you like that is vanity but uh it's not necessarily a bad thing now, if you yeah. if you lose the weight and you go and dump your wife and and trade her in for a better looking model or something, now that's a bad thing. Now you, you're carrying vanity a little too far. My son wants to say good night to everybody. Say good night, Nathaniel. Say good night. Good night. <laughs> and that's why he has a six pack. All right, go, buddy. Yeah, you know it's funny. I had a roommate in college, um, who uh, his name was Philip. I can't remember his last name. Drucker, maybe I can't remember. Anyway, he uh. He had lost about 40 or 50 pounds. We were, we were freshmen in college and he had lost about 40 or 50 pounds after high school. So he'd always been the quote unquote fat kid in high school and going into college, he had slimmed down and he had met this really hot Mexican girl. That was his girlfriend. When I say Mexican, she literally lived in Mexico. Okay. They'd met on vacation somewhere. She was rich and was at a resort somewhere in Mexico and they'd met and struck up a conversation. And he used to stand in front of the mirror and I am not joking. He'd stand in front of the mirror and go, man, Aaron, your roommate is really good looking. <laughs> And was absolutely sincere. <laughs> oh, he was, and he was, he was a priest. He was just an idiot, really, is what he was. But he was 100% sincere. He was, he was honestly, that was his honest appraisal of himself. I am really good looking now. Any last thoughts on motivation, guys, before we, we throw out a healthy recipe tip? Uh, motivation well, is good. I, I want to throw one out there, Aaron, because uh, you didn't. You didn't touch on it, but uh, it's the yeah, reason we're it. all here. Uh, I mean, this show was motivation for me, um, and there were there were a couple of things, and I don't know. You know, I heard something on this show that w was kind of a trigger for me, and then too, and I don't know where this really falls in. Um, maybe you can explain it, Aaron. But uh, I, I maxed out at like two hundred and forty-seven pounds. And for some reason, that number was a problem for me because I knew if I hit 250, that 300 wouldn't be far behind. Right. And so that was happening all at the same time that you were you were starting the show, and I started listening. And uh, the big one that that got the ball rolling for me was the you know the the don't drink your calories. So, uh, so I guess uh, I I don't know if. Uh, peer support or some sort of support structure is a oh, yeah. motivating factor or not mm -hmm. but so. uh it was something as simple as that that uh you know I, I had something to refer to i felt like i wasn't trying to just do it on my own uh and uh and i'm somebody that has uh, you know I, I was very healthy when i was young and i know a lot about diet and exercise and uh I played college football and was in the marine corps so it wasn't like the any of this was really foreign to me uh, i could easily have picked up and started at any time uh, but feeling like uh, there was somebody else there you know even yeah. even if it was just listening to this show um it 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 helps it helps to hear that you're not the only one struggling with that kind of thing I think that's a great point, Sean. I really appreciate that. Um, the kind words and the fact that we were able to, to encourage you. You know, they say Weight Watchers is the most successful diet program out there. And they think this, that they being the people who have studied those kind of things is because of the support meetings that it, that's the reason it beats all the other ones hands down uh, over all the, the prepackaged meals and the, the, you know, eat three pieces of bacon, sniff a quart of, pineapple juice and eat three raw eggs. I mean, those kind of weird things. 
everything that hands down they think Weight Watchers because of its structure and its and its uh its community is why it's the best. And I think you're absolutely right. You um whether it's a, an outside source like a podcast or something you participate in, a meeting or getting those people around you to support you to help motivate you. So I guess any outside source to help motivate you is a can be a motivating factor if you're willing to let it come into your life and speak to you. <clears throat> Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. Well, tonight at dinner, I had green beans, which were excellent. I had a piece of homemade cornbread, which was too good. Cheryl used a new recipe. It tasted like cake. So I know it couldn't <laughs> have been good for me. Uh, a sausage of some type, which was probably not the best thing for me, but the green beans were good and healthy and, uh, you know, only had the one little piece of cornbread, but she made this garlicky baked butternut squash. Um, oh, that sounds she thinks good. it was a butternut squash. She wasn't sure. It was something that her parents picked up at the cat farmer market and left at our house. So it could have been some kind of no telling where it came from squash, but we think it was a butternut squash. And she got the recipe off of all recipes. And we'll put the link on the, sh- in the show notes and, and on the forum where we have all of our healthy recipes from each week. And basically, the only thing that's bad for you in it, it's got a little bit of olive oil and a little bit of uh, Parmesan cheese. But you basically, you bakedly, basically, you take this butternut squash, you chop it up, you throw it in a pan, you put a little olive oil on it, a whole bunch of garlic, a little bit of uh, Parmesan cheese and some spi- other seasonings, and you pop it in the oven, you bake it. And man, it was good. Very, very flavorful and pretty darn good for you. So we're going to put that recipe out there for you. Because the reason we're doing these healthy recipe tips, just to remind you, is um, our number two reason people don't eat good eat better um number one being they don't have time number two was they don't know what to cook so every week for the last 14 weeks we've given you a a healthy recipe or a source or a resource of some choices and things to do so don't let that ever be an excuse because that's all it is it's an excuse um there's plenty of good recipes out there that you can eat and taste great find those things that taste great to you and are good for you and just hammer those things uh, and eat, eat them more often than the things that are bad for you, and you will be glad that you did. You know what All I right, need, Sean, Aaron? Is, what's that? Uh, I'm sorry uh, to jump in there, Anya, but uh, no, go ahead. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a single guy, so what I need is like the all microwave healthy diet recipe. Do you book. own a crock pot? <laughs> yes, I do. Actually, there you go. There's yeah. a couple of great recipes out there where you can put it on in the morning when you go to work and it'll be waiting for you when you get home. Yeah, it's got to be stuff like that for me because uh, I, I actually, every now and then I get the bug and I, I, I'm a decent cook, um, but it's not something that I like to do every day. Right. Uh, so uh, usually, yeah, I'm searching for what can I what can I throw in the microwave. Uh, yeah, Crock-Pot's good too. Uh, I love uh you know, putting something in the crock pot in the morning and uh, having it ready when I get home. So, well, if you and um, um, again, we don't we don't endorse anybody in particular, but if you guys want to send me a check, I'd appreciate it. Linguazines, Sean, are great. I've had just about <laughs> everything healthy out of the uh, freezer section. Usually, yeah. uh, I w- used to work from home, so I I didn't have time to cook myself a lunch really, and I didn't really care to. I wasn't going to slap together a sandwich every day because it's just bread on bread on bread. So um, yep. I started doing Link Cuisines and um, Smart Ones and, you know, all the other ones. But, you know, try mm-hmm. them out. And uh, they, they've got a bad rap a lot of times. Uh, you know, whenever TV dinners first came out, I mean, that's what everybody knows is the tinfoil packaging and oh, and man. Salisbury steak. Oh. And it's not yes. that anymore. There's definitely plenty of options out there. Just go take a look. And if there's something that strikes your fancy, pick one up. See what you think. 
Oh yeah, well that's uh, that's actually where I found myself now because uh, that that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, a, a freezer full of, of stuff like that, and then you know I've got some other stuff. I've been rediscovering, uh, and Aaron talks a lot about this kind of stuff. But I've re- been rediscovering fruits and vegetables as snacks. Mm, and, I love fruit. Yeah, and pickles. so I, don't forget pickles. Yeah, the pickles, pickles. I had a pickle when I got home from work. Today. I, I like a pickle, but like twice a year. I, I, I really <laughs> do like a pickle, but I can't eat them that frequently. But uh, I mean, for me, it's uh, and it just depends on you know what my taste is. So I have to keep both on hand. Um, if I'm not wanting something sweet, because I really don't like sweets, I don't eat candy at all, and uh, even an apple or a peach or something like that, if I'm not in the mood for it, it will be too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I also have to keep vegetables on hand. So uh, yeah, I I love uh, baby carrots and uh, broccoli and cauliflower. I mean, I can just sit there and uh, broccoli and cauliflower. I can eat raw, just awesome. you know, wash it off and and go. So I'm rediscovering uh, those as snacks. Yeah, I am. I have gone crazy on the apples over the last three or four months. Um, where I will probably eat on average. I probably average an apple a day almost, you know, I'll eat four or five a week at least, uh, if we have them because a, they're so portable, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't require any prep. They're not like grapes. Got to kind of keep them in the fridge. If you want them cold and got to pluck them off the stem, you know, all you got to do to eat an apple is you peel the sticker off that they put on the restaurant at the, <laughs> at the grocery store and you wipe it on your shirt to get the pesticide off of it. And whoever <laughs> hands have touched it, you know, maybe, maybe fog it up a little bit and shine it on your shirt and just go to town on it. You don't even have it. And when I eat an apple, it's like, uh, it's like a stem and like a, a piece of the apple about the size of a large bean. And then a little tiny thing that makes the bottom connect with it and another little bean on the bottom. I eat an apple when I eat it. I don't eat the whole thing. I don't eat the seeds. I don't eat the core, 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 but any, any of the meat of it, I will eat it. So, all right. Nice. Well, Sean, this is normally where Mark does the Element OP plug, so I'm going to attempt to do it in the Element OP in the Mark voice. <clears throat> okay. Here I go. <clears throat> I can't do it. I, I can do it, Aaron, <laughs> if you want. Put a build up. Oh, so I can do the plug, but I can't, I can't do an impersonation of Mark. I don't, yeah. You can head on over to the forums at elementop.com and join the community there and right. that's a terrible impersonation. Yeah, well, first off, you have to say, you have to say Element OP. It's, it's element op yeah op. dot com so yeah uh definitely uh of course it's being my being my network i would love to plug it uh jump over to element dot com and huh? check out the forums uh there's a forum for this show one meal one workout although uh i think aaron you prefer people to go over to your one si- uh, your your website really to interact i'm happy right? any I'm, I'm happy either way if they want to jump in the forums and put something in there, I, I check those forums regularly. If they want to go to Facebook, I don't care where you do it, just do it. Right, right. So, and I can I can speak to that because I've posted in the one meal one workout forum on elementop.com, and yeah. uh, Aaron gets right back to you. So, uh, so that's great. You get to actually interact with uh, the hosts of the show. Uh, you can. Uh, oh, I, I want to plug something, uh, Aaron. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, on uh, some of our other shows, I've been talking about starting a madness bracket. And uh, actually, I know you heard about this, Aaron, because you posted in it. Uh, so we have. A a bacon madness 
mm-hmm. uh, bracket. And I know this is probably not the show to promote that. But. No, the show loves bacon. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so in moderation, of together. course. Yeah. Everything in moderation. So what, right. what we're looking for is uh, posts nominating. We're going to have voting open through May 1st and nominate your favorite form of bacon because we've already had some pretty crazy stuff out there so not necessarily edible uh, but uh, yeah put your nominations out there and uh, we'll after May 1st we'll draw up a bracket I mean if we get 32 or 16 or however many then we'll, that's what our bracket will be so uh, check and that my out my entry was I was going to say my entry was bacon just bacon yes. nothing on it nothing around it don't do anything to it just fry it and stick it in my mouth <laughs> And I have to say, I think that one right there is is a strong favorite, at least to make like the final four. All right, uh, I'm shooting final four. <laughs> so uh, check it out. You know, uh, there's a lot of fun to be had over there on the forums. We get more and more participation every week, and that's also where you can uh, do things like suggest show topics um, or just uh, check out some of the other shows we have on the on the network. So uh, hop on over there to elementopie.com. Excellent, Sean. You did Mark proud. I'll let him know you did a great job and appreciate you very, very much being here today and making the show possible. It was um, fun. Don, as always, thank you for your time. And Sean, you're welcome back anytime, man. You, you really contributed and I appreciate that. And uh, as a fellow element opier, is that a word? Element opiate? No, that's an opiate. <laughs> that's like a drug. Element opian. There you as go. a fellow person that works at Element Opie, uh, you know, of course, you're welcome anytime on the show. And uh, so if you, if you want to contact me directly or have a question, you want to, email, you can just email me double A R O N at one meal and workout.com. That's the number one, uh, meal number one workout.com. Don, like Don said, I need to, to set up an email account that's D O U B L E A R O N double A R O N. Um, but you say what I'm saying is A A R O N A A R O N. Uh, so email me there and, uh, we'll be glad to read your email on the air, answer any questions that you have. Um, yeah, I, I I spell my last name so fast that somebody said before I sound like I was speaking a foreign language. B U T L E R. It's like I'm speaking German or something. B U T L E R. Maybe it's Swahili. I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, that's a total <laughs> tangential side note. And with that, I'm going to say motivation is the key to unlocking your health and fitness. My my DVD series tonight. <laughs> Just kidding. That sounded like a total tagline for a late night infomercial. But seriously, motiv- you need to find what motivates you. Um, everybody's motivated by something, unless you're clinically depressed. And I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. Everybody's motivated by something. Something makes you want to get up and do. Find what that thing is that motivates you and then leverage it towards your health and fitness and get out there and be healthier and more fit. All right. Remember, before you start doing that, you should... Uh, You thought I was frozen, didn't you? I, I did. Said, uh, I really oh, did. I thought, awesome. wow, I really just the it. I was trying to read my sentence off the screen that I had pre-typed and my, my lead-in was wrong and it just totally blew up. So remember, before starting any diet or exercise program, it's recommended that you consult your healthcare provider. The